Preach, Kev, preach with Rashad. We are the prophets here with another episode, another sermon, man, coming at you from 12 Ounce Sports, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you're listening. Uh, Rashad, how's it going, up? Yes, sir. Good to be back, man. Hey, uh, you know, action packed show. We have a guest for you. I mean, if pretty might as well go ahead and introduce him. Uh, he been in every single thing I know since growing up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for real, though. Not even. From, <laughs> uh, from Chicago, um, writer, producer, actor, uh, Gary L. Gray, man. What's going on? How you doing, guys? What's up? What's up? I love this. Hey, no by the, I love this, by the way. Uh, uh, I'm I'm always trying to find a new sports podcast. So <laughs> I, love, I love this. Uh, thank you for having me. For sure, for sure. Hey, appreciate you for joining us, man. Uh, you know, it's kind of it, it was kind of crazy, man. You know, I was I was uh, I think somebody had a tweet. I was like, man, where 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 is he? Where has he been going on? Um, as far as like, where where, where have you been doing uh in the last you know last couple of years? Man, I've definitely uh made a switch towards more so voiceover and uh b- behind the camera, basically. You know, um, you know, my start of my career was pretty much like basically in front of the camera and i was you know pretty much just doing a lot of like uh i did a lot of disney stuff and a lot of nick stuff and then right when i would say like i had college i i really started getting deep into voiceover so uh, i had actually booked like rocket power and fairly odd parents where i was doing that for a long time but uh the roles just kind of started rolling in and i kind of did a lot of video games and and so it just it's just been really uh really cool just being in the voiceover community kind of keeping it low-key <laughs> but uh but i've been uh i've definitely been having the itch to really get back uh in front of the camera so i actually had stopped even having a theatrical agent for a while so i'm actually just uh looking now and gonna get back in the game voiceover had treated me well and uh <laughs> but i'm ready to go ahead and uh, spread my wings again you went to ucla right uh, I went to UCLA partly. Uh, I took classes gotcha, gotcha. there. Yeah, yeah. I actually I did a, a couple of uh, intensives there. Um, but I actually went to Brooks uh, Institute of Photography Film School, which is uh, it at the time was a very new film school. They had only been um, had their film department open for two years when I went there. But now they're actually uh, one of the top in the country. Uh, they're dope. Yeah, but that's where I went to school though. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You can get growing up and like you know. You were in everything we were watching, man. Cosby Show, Fairly Art Parents. You mentioned Rocket Power. Mm. I mean, I, I think my favorite scene from anything you've done, man, is probably from the Cosby Show when, like, the clock got broken and Hickory did. Oh, yeah. Got, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. We don't broke know the who clock. broke the clock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good one. I actually, the funny thing is, a lot of people always ask me if, like, I remember anything from back then. And the funny thing, the funny thing is I remember all of that so vividly. It's kind of like the middle, like the like my junior high years, like everything after that is kind of like cloudy. But man, those years like 
like in New York that I spent like on that show, definitely vivid. And that was one, definitely one of my favorites to film um, because we really had a lot of fun just doing that episode live, like all the parts and everything. And a lot of that, funny enough, was improvised. That whole um, the pledge and all that stuff. I don't know who broke the clock. Like that was not in the script at all. We totally improvised that. That was one just clean, just great take. <laughs> It came right. out great, man. That that was a real, real, uh, real funny scene. It's one that sticks out a lot. And you played um, another thing I watched a lot from you, man. Was you played um, Tiger Woods and his story back in like it was like late nineties, early two thousands. How was that? Yep. Yeah. No, that was awesome too. That was another experience that I got to like really kind of dive into a character, which I don't get to do really that often. And like I had to, um, you know, of course, go to uh, a golf academy where I had to really learn the ins and outs of the game and everything. I was basically had a private coach for about a month before I even started like filming or anything, just because they wanted to get everything down packed. And like this, these are people that like actually worked with Tiger growing up when he was, you know, when he was the age that I was when we filmed the, the, the movie. And uh, it was cool, like learning how his grip is. So it's funny, like when we go like miniature golf and like me and my friends, I still use like Tiger's grip. <laughs> you know, it's like miniature <laughs> golf. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's just natural to me, though. It's funny because like people always like, they're like, why do you like do your fingers like that? And I'm just like, I don't really want to explain it because you're not really going <laughs> to believe it. But yeah, <laughs> let's take it from here. Right. Turn into a long story. Yeah, Kev's in the golf too, man. So I, I know y'all could probably have a lot of. Like, I'm not into the golf like that, but I, I do want to get into it at some point. But I know Kevin and his dad; they're really into it, man. So that's a that's a connection okay. you guys have right there. That's what's up. Yeah, I, yep. Yeah, I, I I played in high school, and at first, well, I did it one because I got to miss school a lot. You know, I got to miss like seven period every time. That got to go to right. a match. I was like, yes, sir. Um, you know, but now nah, it was it, it was pretty funny. I still I still keep in keep in touch with it. Um, not now and then. Uh, when you when you come back into you know in, into the scene, uh, is there kind of, is it kind of like a genre you're trying to go into, or is it something new, or is it uh, or, or is it maybe pretty much same like family sitcom or anything like that? Um, honestly, it's it's really kind of up to the 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 project specifically. I would say just because like I already had a resurgence of sorts um, when I did uh, this uh, movie called Noah's Ark, and that was kind of like my first like really like adult role where it wasn't, you know, a high schooler or, you know, dealing with anything when it came to the younger crowd. Um, even though I played a younger person, it was very adult material. So like, I, I feel like I'm kind of edging more towards that. Um, I don't mind doing other things, but again, it's really just on a project per project basis right now. I'm just looking at stuff like, does it speak to me? And would my character, if I was the one acting it, would it speak to other people? Like, that's all I really care about at this point. Right, I got you. Hey, so let's yeah. move on to the uh, intensive sports, man. I'm trying try, try to dive into it a little bit. Um, yep. So over the weekend, we had some 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 college football. Heisman, the Heisman Trophy presentation was finally. We, we pretty much knew. I pretty much knew who was going to win. Uh, and that was uh, Joe Burrow, LSU. Joe, Joe Burrow, hey, he's already he's already number one pick. Is already set, signed, sealed, and delivered. Uh, we just we just waiting on the Bengals to to, to announce it. Um, any thoughts on uh, Joe Burrow this season? Uh, of what you saw? Uh, you know, I honestly didn't get to watch too much, but what I did see, um. 
I really like his decision making. I, really, above all, I think the funny thing is me being me being a, a Bears fan. <laughs> womp, uh, I'm really looking at right now a quarterback who I really feel like decision making could be a lot better. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but but when it when you when you look at like somebody like that, I feel like now. I feel like back in the day, we really were concerned about things like arm strength and a whole lot of flashy stats. But right now, I feel like a lot of franchises are looking for somebody that's cool, calm, composed and can really just make plays uh, for their team. Uh, I think he can do that. Uh, the thing is certainly needed, <laughs> right, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but that's, you know, that's really my thoughts. I have, I, I definitely want to dive more into them, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like once, uh, once, uh, we, once we see him come out, that definitely, uh, will be the move. Yeah. I wasn't surprised by it. He played great all season. He was setting LSU records, SEC mm-hmm. records, you know, he was, Yep. On the best, best player, best team, he had the most electrifying season. Like everything he was doing was, you know, it was just off the charts. They and they won so many big games, so it wasn't a surprise at all. I mean, he basically ran away with it when you look at the votes. Like he won by like the one of the widest widest margins, so yep. it wasn't surprising. And then um, great speech he gave. Um, I know he's inspired a lot of people to start donating food to like. Um, different food pantries in his hometown. Yeah, so right, was, right. Good kid. You know, like the whole good kid status is definitely oh, yeah, working yeah. in his favor. <laughs> yeah, so like, yo, it's always good when like guys take those kind of moments to, you know, make a, a you know, they, they're coming from the heart, but it's just like a great speech at the right time. And mm-hmm. you know, it all just, uh, it all worked out. He gave his coach a, uh, a big shout out for believing in him and stuff like that. Got kind of emotional. So it was a great speech. You know, it was, it was a perfect thing for the weekend, something well needed, you know, in the sports world, especially with college football, with it kind of being that last week before all the bowl games start. Right, right. Yeah, I think for me, like I said, just – just um, I really do want to see, like, transferring from the college game to the NFL because when people who have, like, a really good completion rate typically make that jump, I always am just kind of anxious to see how well it stays, I guess, and, and whether or not they can – really adjust to the the differences in the game and like keep that consistent, keep that part of the game consistent. Like, okay, of course you can always throw a bomb downfield, but can you really kind of always keep that rating, you know, really level? So he, we'll see. He, got, he, he got one of the Rams old coaches, so it could be the LA True. Bengals. True. The LA Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. I I think he's gonna. I mean, I know a lot of people don't really want to go to Cincinnati, maybe, but I think he he might be walking into a good situation. You got to just hope that you know a, a, a good franchise, as far as ownership concerned, he's not walking into a a mess like uh, Cleveland or um, some some you know something like in in the NBA like a New York Knicks. So mm-hmm. at, at least at least for that, he got that on his side, and um, I'm look I'm looking forward to the LA Bengals next year because um. I did. I did win a Vegas bet this year. I, I said the Bengals gonna lose less than five, five games. So I would take that kindly, uh, take my money and walk away. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, so I mean, I know, I know they got a lot of work to do, but I think Joe Burrow is definitely in the, you know, the right, the right step and the right decision to make. Yeah. yeah. He got the weapons: Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, and we know they'll be patient. They gave Marvin Lewis a long. You know, long, a long tenure, uh, <laughs> so we, we know they'll be patient. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Cincinnati, for the good thing for them is they don't expect to win the Super Bowl. So, I get, you know, when you don't have that high expectation, 
a lot a lot of things come easier uh, than being the spotlight. That part, yep. Um, moving on to his one of the finalists, uh, Chase Young. So it was crazy, you know, to get a report. I saw it. I was like, man, whatever. Him talking about he's he's looking forward to his senior season. He might he may forego the NFL draft and come back. And you know, when we got this college athlete thing going on in the, in the world about you know they should get paid and whether 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 we agree with that or not. It's like, okay, how much do you have to prove to the college ranks? You you about to go from struggling, I guess, you know, struggling as far as school, athlete time and all that, to making millions of dollars. And I don't know. I, I just I just feel like this is a no-brainer when you in the position that he's gonna be in, because he's gonna be the second pick in the draft. Uh well right. we, we talked about this, we talked about his last show about the Miami versus Giants and how the the winner of that game was actually the loser because they're not going to get Chase Young. So now the Miami Dolphins lost to the Giants. The Miami, like he he about to go to a, you know, a, a good. I mean, I guess it's a, I don't know if it's a good city for NFL wise because you know might be partying all the time. But as far mm-hmm. as the market wise, he gonna be in Miami. No state tax. You, you about to have millions of dollars, right? I, I don't. I mean, and the team may be solid right now, but you know they're all in the right direction. But but he could I, he I could go there and shine though, like exactly, and, yeah, you exactly. know. So yep. So so would y'all? I mean. Well, what reason would he have to to stay? I mean, I know you can graduate, and but I feel like you can always come back and take classes. I mean, so what do what do y'all think his decision process on that if he decides to come back? He'll hmm. probably he'll probably go pro. I, I think he's saying it just because you know he's still locked in, and you know we you know our college is man, it's a brotherhood. Like you know they have a strong bond with that team. Mm-hmm. So he's he's just trying to stay engaged. Stay he don't want to seem like he deserted his brothers and shit, you know, like you know where yeah. it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, they, sense, yeah. They, they got uh, a big game against Clemson, so you don't want to seem like you're already because you don't want to start to deceive into the locker room and people feel like you're not fully engaged. You got a big game against Clemson coming up, so you don't want to start thinking about man, I need to start looking for houses in New York <laughs> or DC <laughs> or Miami because. Right now, the, the number two pick isn't set in stone or where he's going to go because this upcoming week, Giants play the Redskins, so that's going to determine how that draft spot falls. And mm. then my, Miami is playing the Bengals. So, <laughs> you know, like Miami, a, beat, Miami beats Bengals, they won't even get the chance to get to the two spot. Hey, so that's like right. that's, some bad, that's some bad football games they got scheduled. <laughs> right. So, like, so, so, so like, like what else is on? <laughs> Yeah, so his draft fate isn't even sealed yet. So he's probably pondering, let's see who gets the number two pick, first of all. And then mm-hmm. second thing he's probably thinking about is the playoff. Like, does he feel like if we win the title, I don't have to come back, I don't have any unfinished business, or if we don't win a title and all my guys are coming back and just a field be there again, um, Dobbins, I think I think Dobbins will probably come out. His, his ceiling can't get any higher. So he may feel like, Got to unfinished business and go back and try to win a championship again, another undefeated season. But I think we kind of see how it plays out for us, like the draft stock and um, how the playoff turns out. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think, I think right now, if like as far as a benefit for him to stay, there really is none. Um, I mean, to take the gamble on you being the player that you were this season and also for people to be well to have the need for that player next season is I think a lot. Um, and so for him to stay, I don't know. 
I, I yeah, I don't see it. I think he's going to come out as well. Uh, but yeah, I think he's going to be a, a great option for anybody who has him for sure. That's for sure. But yeah, again, where where will he go? <laughs> now I'll, t- I'll tell you this now: if if Redskins somehow end up the number two pick, I'm staying my behind in college. <laughs> I rather, <laughs> I rather, I rather, I rather <laughs> struggle. I rather struggle having to wake part up of that organization. <laughs> exactly. I rather, I rather wake up at four o'clock in the morning, have classes all day, play football after, as soon as the class is over with, then then go play for the Redskins. I just, I just, I just can't, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Uh, that, no, it's it, it just, it's just too ugly for me. I, I couldn't do it. Man, you like postponing like millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably no. still go out. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what do you think about it that way? I mean, one, one, one thing about the position he plays, like a pass rusher, every team always needs one. So he'll, his draft stock won't be hurt. I mean, next year, you think it's about, just who, but it's just who else is going to be playing at the level he was playing at. You know, who, who knows? There might be two or three other guys who are more dynamic than him. And now when you were the, the guy or that guy this past season, now you're one of four, you know, who knows? So that's why I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if I would take that risk. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he could be like how Klein he was way back with South Carolina. He, you know, where he was too good for college football and it was like, well, he's going to the draft. He just got to make it, you know, make it uh, healthy. And then that's the, that's the question right there. What happens if, you know, in, I mean, we don't risk injuring nobody, but you know, anything can happen at any moment. So it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's kind of like Jalen Smith and Cowboys. He was, he fought, he played in the championship game and blew his knee out and he failed the second round picks. He, I mean, obviously he got, he got the bag now, but you know, right. it was a question, it was a question mark whether he would be able to be the same again. So, um, he, you always, you always take that risk. Um, and injury can happen at any moment, but yeah, you might as well go and make your money, young man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't, you can't risk it. Just go ahead and just go ahead and come out, capitalize on the momentum because every draft spot, you know, you're losing millions and millions and millions. So just go ahead and come out. You're gonna be number two at the at the lowest three. I mean, you can't pass that up. Nope, not at all. Like I could see if he wasn't going top ten, but if you definitely know you're going top three, top five, yeah, you got to make that jump. Yeah, pass definitely. It up. You pass it up. I'd be like Ray Ross. No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> hey, somebody, else, somebody else. Man, we gotta talk about uh, Josh Gordon. Uh, come on, man. I just <sighs> what's what is. <laughs> I was so disappointed. I like, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what it is, Rashad. I, I saw your tweet about you know, it's like he always gets to spend that at the exact same time, and I, I, I wonder is there something to that? Whether you know, he got he got some some trouble in his life way back when, and it always happened around this time, and he just can't mm. he can't shake it. I don't I don't know what it is, man. And I just I just hate for guys to be talent you know talented and wasted on something else because it, it's like when you it's like when you're six seven and you work at McDonald's like. You know, God gave you this ability, and you you don't even use it for good. You know, so uh, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of disappointed in Josh Gordon. Uh, I know he's fighting demons and stuff, but um, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I yeah. think he's done. It, it's over. I just don't I don't see the NFL giving him any more chances. Yeah, it is very unfortunate. I mean, what you said definitely is a is a possibility, and a lot of times, you know, people when people are of that stature. You don't know what's going on. You know, most of the time they have so many, you know, people behind them, people in their ear where they go home and they got to answer to a whole team of people. You know, so who knows what's going on? Um, What kind of like seasonal depression, you know, it could be. But 
yeah, it's just it just sucks that it's like, dang, man, like you <laughs> like you always getting caught. Like what was yeah. happening? But yeah. Cause I know it's like, cause it's like you know he's not the only one, you know. But it's like, why is it that you can't keep you? Can, however, they keep it together, you are incapable of doing that. So, yeah, and it's indefinite, isn't it? It's like an indefinite suspension, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I think he. I, I, I think he might be permanent this time. Like, <laughs> it might be over with for real, Rashad. Yikes. Yeah, I, I look at it from two, two, two perspectives, really. So the first perspective is, all right, we all know Seattle has the medicinal marijuana. And to his benefit, but also to his detriment, he goes to Seattle. So just knowing his history, you got to start thinking, like, all right, the NFL is going to try to test dude at some point just because they know marijuana is legal in Seattle, but at the same time, it's banned by the NFL. So that's kind of like a, a catch-22 for a dude like him. And then the other point is, like I put it on Twitter, it's like, so it's not a coincidence that he got suspended today's December, what, it was December 16th, whatever it was. Then, you know, I think last year was around the same time, like 1920. Mm-hmm. So, you know, gets suspended around the same time. And then two other years, he was suspended, you know, one year for the entire season. So, he was suspended for December again. It's just kind of like something has to be going on with him around this time of the year. Like, is it a seasonal depression or is it something that he experienced during his childhood that's mm-hmm. like every, every time this part of the year comes up, it just kind of makes some resort to old habits or is he using it for pain? Like, do we not know that his body's beat up or does he just need it to calm him down, make him relax? Like, it could be so many for, you know, so many positive benefits for it to him or it could be something he using as a coping mechanism so we just never really know what the true situation is with him because it's happened so many times like of course he can't stop because (laughs) it happens too many times so we know it's something something pretty serious going on with him but he's probably done in the nfl he's made some decent money so long as he saved it he shouldn't have to be out here like delante west anything like that so you Mm -hmm. know hopefully whatever's going on with him you know he gets better Yep. Now, now, do y'all think uh, the NFL should should relax on that? Because you know, Major League Baseball, they don't they don't they don't check for weed um, or marijuana or anything like that. So, you you think you think other other sports should 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 take note of what the MLB doing? Or well, they got their own problems, of course. But um, as far as not testing for that, because I, I mean, like you said, everybody does it. It just it just can you not get caught with it? Um, cause I know I've heard uh, Chris Sims said before that like as soon as he got drug tested, they don't drug test you again uh, unless you out here doing some, you know, you're 40 years old and you throwing five touchdown passes in one game. Then that's when they that's when they randomly right. drug test you. But as right. long as you do, as long as you being regular, you know, after they drug test you in, in the, during the off season, that's it. They don't come back until you for a whole another year. So mm-hmm. I, I, I wonder, I wonder. Would they would they ever like look at it and realize that it actually does help um, versus versus uh, is it is not really a detriment to you you know right yeah uh, I feel like I feel like other sports should well put it this way I feel like as long as it can be regulated to a point where it isn't abused I think other sports should be open to it because I feel like THC CBD all of that stuff has too many uh, benefits to 
to kind of rule it out completely and just be like, nah, we don't accept it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I feel like it should just definitely go through a, a good long process of what's allowed and what isn't. But I think recreational, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like it's just it's just it just is like it's it's weird to see somebody go down, especially for it twice. Um, and granted, of course, he's doing other things, I'm sure. But it's like, you know, to see that and then to know, like you said, how many other people are probably doing it. And it's like, dang. <laughs> looking at him like man you got the short end of the stick yeah. that's a that's a multi-layered question just because of alright so should the NFL legalize it I'm saying alright if you play in these states based upon their state rules it's legal should it just be mm, so should, so right. should it you know yeah. you gotta look at it from that angle or should it just say alright we won't test for it at all but then you're looking at, all right, well, if this person gets caught with it in their car, they're going to get penalized by the justice system. So then the NFL is going to have to punish them again themselves. So it's just so many different mm-hmm. things. And, I mean, it's not a big coincidence that the two predominantly African-American sport athletes, you know, sports don't let by black athletes are the ones that test for marijuana. So, I mean – Nobody's getting mad at baseball players for freaking chewing tobacco. So I mean, you know, not not exactly mm-hmm. the same thing, but it's still like let's just have some yeah. form of consistency pretty much. Like either test for it, don't test for it, or you know, do something about it because I mean guys are I mean, I I like the Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes show, like all the smoke, and they tell you like, man, it's been time before games, like I'll smoke just to mellow me out. Like guys, they're mm-hmm. gonna do it anyway. Mm-hmm. It, it yep. doesn't matter. Of are you going to catch him doing it? So, I mean, like Steve Kerr had that back surgery. Steve Kerr is a known guy to use marijuana because it helped him with pain and recovery, all that kind of stuff. So, basketball and football mm-hmm. have to kind of come to terms with let's stop trying to shoot these guys up with all these different injections and pain pills. Or, I mean, even something like the WWE, like just got to <laughs> come around and accept it. Like, mm-hmm. hey man, these guys are getting their bodies punished. Let's just let them. Have a little bit of marijuana, yep. man. Like they've been kicking my they've right. been kicking my boy Jim Hardy out for years, man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm like, if you're gonna give these guys hard pills and drugs to take for pain, like why, like how is this any different? You know, so I think it's just, you know, it's the stigma and the the idea of marijuana you know that's really all it is. Cause had had marijuana been shaped into a pill first, who knows? You know what I mean? Like, who knows how that would have gone had they figured out how to get its properties into a pill form instead of, hmm, like, let's smoke this. And then, you know, it goes from there. So this is an interesting question to look at for sure. Yeah, I, I, hope, at, I hope at some point they, 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 know, they decide to that's the way to go. Um, mm-hmm. It won't happen until they realize they can, it can be a lot of money to be made off of it. Like, that's why it's slowly going to filter through different states before it gets legalized in all 50 it's just a matter of people mm-hmm. figuring out how can we tax this and make money <laughs> off of it. Right, because they, they, they got to tax yep. everything. That's just, that's just how the world works. Mm-hmm. Um, let's uh, let's mm-hmm. change sports. Uh, NBA. So, yeah, you're a big uh, Chicago Bulls fan, and, um, you know, your, your boys ain't really they, – they haven't haven't been too good with the, with this, re, you know, rebuilding stage and – you know, say ever since that Jimmy Butler trade, it's kind of like, you know, kind of went downhill a little bit. You want to talk about it? <laughs> yeah, man. See, listen. So, like, 
you know, I, I definitely, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Bulls fan. And like, I was all for the trade, to be honest. Like, I, I really felt like, um, our time had passed with that group, uh, especially, um, Jimmy in particular. I felt like he wasn't going to take us where we needed to go, no matter who you put around him. I feel like Jimmy's just not a one, a number one option. Uh, that's another whole another conversation <laughs> but uh, when, it, when it comes to like when it comes to what we got from it I was very happy you know at first when we when we drafted uh Lowry I I really was like you know I, I had already seen you know what he could do but I was still a little iffy but I really liked the prospect of having um a big guy that could stretch the floor which I feel like the Bulls have really like never really properly had we were so you know bent on like the the normal um you know the traditional center if you will so like you know it was really you know really exciting to see that like us kind of moving into the modern NBA and of course getting Zach back I I love Zach even when he was on the Timberwolves so getting him back I saw the potential like this guy is going to score and he's going to come into his own especially when you give him the job I felt like Minnesota like never gave him the job you know so it was like he really got he he had those flashes but he never really got to show it so I knew he was gonna I was like as soon as he gets to the Bulls he's gonna instantly jump to like averaging 25 like I called it all my friends thought I was crazy <laughs> but I called it uh, <laughs> so but yeah so you know I like the pieces that we got. Now, as far as what happened after that, I I thought Fred Hoiberg wasn't a great coach. Um, <laughs> right. Right. I thought he wasn't a great coach. So, like, the pieces, though, that he had really didn't help his case. I think I think Jim Boylan is an even worse coach. And right now I'm, I was at this point, I was like, I wish we could call Fred like, yo, like, please, like, please come back. Like, you know, like just even thinking of some of like the, 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 you know, like timeout plays that we had under him and with this squad versus the one that Fred had, I was like salivating, but I'm like, dang, like we're just kind of messed up when it comes to our management. Like I realize now that we have the players, like, Like back in the past when people were like, oh, well, the Bulls aren't doing too well. They got this. They got that. Really, it was it was a question from top down. Like we had players that just weren't doing it. We had a lot. And right now, even though it looks like a hodgepodge, when you really kind of look at it, we have people who know how to do their job. Obviously, it's evidenced by we're scoring a hell hell of a lot, way more than we ever have before, because Bulls was like known to like barely break 90 and then like now we're hitting like 110 easy um and then now we're i believe we're top five defensive rating in the nba over the last like 10 games so it's really weird it's like a mirage it's like wait are we good or are we not and so what i realized was like when i was watching the games we lose a lot of games because of coaching like the players are really honestly playing playing pretty well you got zach really really doing his job uh, Lowry has has finally found himself, I feel like, in the last couple games. I don't know what was going on. I know he was hurt, and maybe he was playing through injury was why he was shooting so bad, but he's better now, so hopefully that stays. Um, Wendell has been a revelation, like double-double monster. So I feel like we have those pieces, but every time it always slips away in the fourth quarter, and when you look at it, it's like, man, it comes by like roster management and things like that. And you're like, what is Jim Boylan doing? 
what are what is Garpags doing? Why aren't they looking at Jim like, yo, do your job, man? So that's what I'm angry at this season is I feel like, man, now we actually really do have the pieces to be a at least a you know something in the East to watch. Maybe not in the NBA. We know we're not gonna beat, you know, the likes of, you know, Houston or the Bucks or Philly or whatever, but Man, now like we could at least place in the East, like at least make it a little exciting. But yeah, it's gonna take a lot. But I feel like now we're good because we're losing. And what changes millionaires and billionaires' minds more than losing money? <laughs> so right. at this point now, since we're losing, we have the lowest. We have one of the lowest attendance ratings right now. And so I feel like now we're really going to like see the Ryan's uh, Reinsdorf's like say, hmm, like, let's take a look at this because I know I used to just leave the Bulls alone because I knew it was going to make me money. You know, the state, you know, the stadium, we always had great attendance. Of course, our merch always sells because it's the Bulls. But now it's like, oh, wait, people aren't coming to the games. People aren't buying jerseys. What's happening? So hopefully we see some change. Hopefully. Man, I can dig into a lot about the Bulls. Like, it's a this is like the definition of Jekyll and Hyde. Be, Man. Because the Bulls are a team that will lose to the Warriors. And, like, this is not like a Steph is out there, Clay's out there. Right. D Lo went crazy. He only had seven points. They, they lose to the Warriors. But they can beat the Clippers with, <laughs> yeah. with, with Paul George and Montrez Harrell combining for like 60. Right. And then right. you have that same team who can only put up 73 points against the Hornets and lose. But, right. <laughs> but, you know. But, and then but, but, the but, next but, game, I think, like, we're up by like 25. But, but, <laughs> but, but, but they'll take the heat to overtime. It's like, yo, what, what's going on with y'all? Like, you know, it's, 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 it's like you said, it's probably coaching. Um, I know there was a video floating around on Twitter about dude telling Jim Boylan he's the bum and they should fire him, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, man, it's I need to see that video. <laughs> <laughs> I'll po- I will I will I will pay to have it posted up in, in Chicago with quickness. <laughs> so, so I don't I don't know what's going on with the Bulls, man. Like I was hoping they would have been, like you said, a team that was competing in the East and you know, possibly for that seven eight seed, but They're not far out of it, but just. What can help you take advantage of today's low mortgage rates and save money? Rocket can. You could save hundreds of dollars every month by refinancing with Rocket Mortgage at today's near historic low rates. If your current rate is over 4%, you could lower your payment by over $150 a month, saving thousands in interest every year. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Savings are based on quick and loans, internal data. Points and fees may apply. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. And MLS consumer access.org number 330. Based upon like how they're playing, like they'll show up, they'll they'll kill the thunder. And then, like I said, they'll, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll be mediocre by getting beat by the Hornets. So you just never really know. And they have some roster flexibility somewhat because you got Otto Porter. He's going to probably pick up that player option. I mean, $28 million, he got to pick it up for next year. So you have like a mm-hmm. young core, Otto, Zach, Lowry, who I like a lot, and Wendell. So you have like that young core. New draft pick, Kobe, Kobe White. He's he's been really good. Yeah, so they, they have like that good core. It's just what are you doing with it? And mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of continuously firing coaches and stuff like that. Like the Knicks do, they just always fire their coaches because that's not that's not that is not always the problem. So I'm not a fan of that. Right. But 
my thing with the Bulls is Gar and Paxson, they have to stop just picking guys that they think that they just want to pick. Like, oh, <laughs> Hoiberg's the guy, and then he's trash. <laughs> right. Oh, let, let's, let's just promote Jim Boylan. He, he's not, he's the guy. And then, right, he's the guy. <laughs> like, like, you don't get anything out of this. Like, I would prefer they start looking at outside of the organization and like actually go get mm-hmm. a real coach. <laughs> stop They're probably, stop yeah. hiring all these bulls. Man, <laughs> go get Fizz there. We need Fizz, man. I'm saying like, just go ahead and get him. Like, just go ahead. Like, okay, yeah, we just extended Jim Bullen. So what? Like, let's <laughs> go ahead. That's why I'm like, man, I hate now that we like winning games. I was really like hoping we just lost like seven straight. Like, man, he's about to get fired. He's about to get fired. Oh, man, I was happy. <laughs> and of course, we just, like, killed. I forgot what game that was. I think it was Atlanta where we, like, we would, like, beat them by, like, 30-something points. I was like, man, god dang it, because that's the kind of stuff that, like, Garpax will look at and be like, oh, okay, he's fine. Like, it's like, no, like, just because we had one good game don't mean that, like, you can you're safe and that's what they i feel like i've been doing for years like it's always that like oh that one good thing that this person does okay they're good you know for management to players and that that's not a way to breed consistency or championship basketball and like you said as far as firing coaches like the the times where they should have kept people around they don't and then the times where it's like man time is ticking like they just like no we're gonna stand by this person like I mean, it's just it's like I said. I feel like Jerry just needs to either sell the team or, at the very least, fire Garpax. Like, did you see what he said today, uh, John Paxson, in the in in the conference? He said something like they asked him what was going on with the rebuild. You know, did did they feel like you know they were in the position that they thought that they would be in, or something along that nature? And he had the nerve. Like the first thing out of his mouth was. Well, uh, when Derek uh, tore his ACL, it really changed the trajectory of the franchise. Like, what? Yeah, like, that was like 10 years ago, yeah, bro. Yeah, like, are crazy. you serious? Like, yeah, it's so crazy. trash. Like, <laughs> like, how are you still mentioning this? Like, we are 2019. Like, what are you doing now for your job, bro? Like, yeah, so I, I just, man, I'm so through. I was like, I tell people all the time, I was like, man, if I see Garpacks in the street, we got to have words. Like, <laughs> <laughs> for real. <laughs> Yeah, I I, th- I think the the Bulls they well one one you ha- have to be a patient a patient like or a franchise like our bench Rashad mentioned about not trying to fire coaches, but then you also you get yourself in a situation where we met well we messed up fire, fire, uh, hiring the the first coach in the first place, and when you do that you kind you kind of send yourself back a couple times and you know you can you can look at the Arizona Cardinals last year when it was Steve Wilson at his first job and after one year he was out of it because. He was a free, he was a bad hire in the first place, and I don't know what I don't know what Jim Boland did because last year, seventeen and forty after he took over Horbury, like that didn't that shouldn't have impressed shouldn't impress the front office to keep him around. But um, it's I think I think they like you said they had the players in place. I thought I thought that they should have took a different approach in free agency. I thought if that is young paying him that crazy money was kind of, you know that was that was that was kind of crazy. But I would have gone mm-hmm. for a guy like I was saying I was so adamant about Julius Randle going there. I was like, you get you mm-hmm. you get somebody who can get you twenty and ten. He's a grinder. He's a hard worker. And when you got a, a young team like Laurie and Wendell and all them guys that can you know that can feed off and uh, feed off a lot, a lot of guys. And I thought that would have been a perfect role because if even if Randle even if Randle you know starts, Wendell Carter and Laurie mm-hmm. try to find their way. 
they can play a three big rotation because they all can play you know interchangeable between the center or the power force. So I was like, that's that's really a, a good fit. And then when they when when in doubt if if an auto not taking the leap or a Kobe struggle as a rookie, you got you a twenty point score at any given moment. And, and then on top of that with Levine, so that would have been you know that would have been you know one of the hooping like that. And I thought I thought that was mm-hmm. the right direction. And that is young. That's not a that's not a, a need a mover. I mean, he's a solid piece for like, you know solid piece, but. He's, he's not, a good body. Right, yeah. yeah. He, he's not taking you nowhere. I mean, you might as well have kept Bobby Porter's if that was the case, you know, or something like exactly. that. So, um, I, I think if they if they got they to spend their money wisely. And whether they fire a bowling or not, they have, to, they have to do something something consistent, whether that's the players. Um, because, you know, if a Paxson, like, when you, when you hire the wrong person twice, that's when, that's when the owner looks at you and be like, um... Your job's going, What's going on, buddy. Yeah, right. It's your, it's your <laughs> yep. job now. So yeah, so it's it's kind of the same way with you know head coaches first. We blame you. Now then, okay. Now we'll, we'll blame blame the players first. Blame the coach second, and then okay, maybe it might be me. Now, so let me try to fix this thing before I get out of here. So, um, mm-hmm. I I mean the the Bulls are not in a bad spot because it could be the Hawks and the Knicks. You know, uh, it could be the Cavs, and uh, at, at least they at least y'all have something to build around. You know. Right. No, I'm still not rolling. The Bulls need to get the right coach. They, they, no. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. If I, like, get him out of here. Yeah, probably. But, you know, Pax going to be out of here soon, too. Well, like, that's what I hope. I hope. I hope the. I honestly, I, Jim Boylan, like, def, definitely needs to go. Like, I, but I feel like we could use a. Uh, we don't really need a knock a knockout coach, basically. Like, we don't really need a knockout coach more than we need a better GM. Like, right. that's to me. Is what really the problem is. Like I, I would say the opposite. I think they need a knockout coach because if you're going to keep the same ownership and the same GM, you need a he'll never they'll never hire him because he's probably black, but they'll never bring in Mark Jackson. Like they need like that. Like they, <laughs> right. they, they need that kind of Mark Jackson, Tom Tibbetts, yeah, Steve Clipper type of guy. Like they yep. need that kind of guy because they need like the team is young. You need a disciplinarian team. Like that's why the younger mm-hmm. Bulls were so good because Tom Thibodeau is a defensive guy, hard nosed, grinded out. That's why they were winning so many games because in the regular season, they're going to just outwork everybody. I mean, of course, over time, guys got hurt, traded, signed different places, but that's kind of what you need. You need a grinded out coach. You need somebody who's going to set a tone from day one. I mean, then in two, maybe three or four years, you know, you go get you a Steve Kerr that can take it over the top, but you need somebody to set that tone first. You need. Steve Clippers in Orlando, he turned them around, made the playoffs. He took shots at Plus with Kimba a couple of times. So we know he can do that. When Tom Tillett was there, those young guys, Jimmy Butler, Noah, D. Rose, we had your Boozer, they grinded out, won a lot of games. They'll never bring in Mark Jackson. I like him in the booth anyway. And I don't want to see his reputation get any more tarnished by taking another bad coaching job. But they just need a grinded out, hard nosed coach. You know, you know somebody, uh, Paxson, uh, track record is really not impressive at all. I, I was, I was kind of looking up, see, like, you know, what, what moves that he made to warrant his long tenure, um, you know, with the Bulls. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there looking at it. Remember, remember, uh, you remember the Bulls back in the day when he drafted like Tyson Chandler. He had, he had Eddie Curry. He had like, like three seven footers on his team. 
And then, like, then all of a sudden, he said, oh, let's go get some guards now. He drafted, like, Howard was a good draft pick. Ben Gordon was a good draft pick. But, he, you know, he had a bunch of just, a bunch of guys, and he never really hit on something until the lottery went his way where they should, you know, obviously, it's luck. It's lottery. Mm-hmm. But there is no way that Bulls team should have got the first pick to get Dan Rose. And he was saved. That right that, that saved the job. If he if he never got Dan Rose, Paxson would be fired. Ten years ago, <laughs> yep. um, and I, I think another thing Chicago need to stop doing is, um, I think they should stop hiring Bulls, like guys who play with the Bulls, guys who mm. shout out Jerry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Always I mean, hire Cowboys. We're a family around here. <laughs> hey, you funny, but it, I mean, it's like every time, everything you look at is it, always a you know, it's always a bull. And, and you said Steve Kerr, like, no, nah, I don't want him either. That's another bull guy. Let's let's yep. let's, let's get something fresh in here. And isn't it, isn't like Forrest Grant like now he's a he's a advisor, and so is Doug Collins. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's all it's all. I mean, I understand you want to have that. You know, it's, it's better to have that too, but. Sometimes, but it's like when you when you're reeling though, it's, it's let's 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 get some new faces in here who doesn't who doesn't live off the uh, Michael Jordan era, you know. Right. Steve, Steve, Kirk, Steve Kirk is smart. He would never go there. You see, he turned down the Nixon Field Jackson. Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. Steve Kirk is smart. <laughs> I mean, the good thing about it, Steve. I mean, Chicago's a big market. Like, so it, it is kind of somewhere you want to go uh, as a coach. But it's like I said, you, it, it's 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 time to get get a new face in there, somebody who can. I mean, like I say, it's just, just a different direction because everybody living in the in the Jordan era still, and then now you got guys living from the Rose era still. So it's kind of like we need we need some new direction, new new voices on things because uh, you know a couple things get stale over time. Yeah, the NBA is just not fun when the Lakers, Knicks, and Bulls aren't good. Like, luckily, the Lakers and Clippers are good, so you got like the entire West Coast that's hooping. You got Houston and Dallas playing good, so you got another big market's good. And then and Miami coming along now. And then you got Miami, and then you got Brooklyn, who has hopes with KD and Kyrie for like the next two, two, three years. So like the NBA is just so much better when you have like that kind of triangle of like your big markets, mm-hmm. and then you have like those diehard fan base markets. So like when uh, Toronto and Indiana, or you get like Phoenix or Portland, that's real good. Like when you get like those other small markets mixed in with those mm-hmm. big markets, the NBA can boom. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least, like I said, at least the Bulls are not too far behind. Like, I would, I would rather be in the Bulls situation than 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 have a have a Wizards team in DC or the Knicks, the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Like, because they 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 all reeling. They don't know what to do. At least the Bulls, you can you can kind of be patient to an extent. And they're and, they're and they're reeling with superstars, most of them. Yeah, like that's the, the that's the thing. Like, yeah, like that's the thing. Like with with like with the Wizards, like man, you, y'all got John Wall and Bradley Beal, and y'all doing like this, or or even uh, so far as like um uh, like the Cavs, like yo, you got Kevin Love and y'all playing like this. You know, at least we have like it's like those B players, you know, those B plus players. It's like you really good. You're not like great. But you really good. Like we got all those guys. <laughs> so <laughs> until we get a superstar, but that's the thing, is like we do need a superstar. Like, you know, I feel like championship contention, you do need a superstar. So we will eventually have to get our play good enough to attract that in free agency. Cause, you know, who knows? We we are, I think, really tied to that mediocrity that sort of middle ground standing where we're not going to be like bad enough anymore to get a number one pick but we're not going to be like good enough uh you know anymore to like 
not worry about picks at all. <laughs> so like, right. I feel like now it's like, man, we got to really play well enough to, to attract a superstar, to attract someone, you know, even though Thad Young, like obviously he's not a superstar. I like the fact that his, his reason for coming here, you know, well, his, his media reason, <laughs> we won't say the real one, but uh, his media reason for coming to Chicago was he was like, yeah, I saw that they were a young team on the verge of a rebuild. They had some great young pieces and I feel like I can, like, we need that, but to the next level, like we need a superstar to come and be like, yo, like y'all have those pieces. I'm trying to join that and take y'all, you know, we're going to do a championship, like, you know, so it's like I, I just want that to happen, but I know it won't be able to if we don't change the management. Like it's just not gonna happen. Give me the Knicks. I'd rather be the Knicks. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know about that. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I, I feel like that's an easier turnaround because all they really need is you just fire your GM, get a new GM, and get a coach. Same thing to said about the Bulls, but at the same time, like. The Knicks have so much cap flexibility, and then you always gonna have that one person who feels like if I go there in this big market, I can market myself, and even if I just make the playoffs a couple of times, like I can change the whole narrative over here. So, like you got Julius Randle, I like Julius. He won't, he can't be your best player, but you know to get on the right footing, I'll take that. They got just a hodgepodge of positions. Like it just makes no sense. But that's why I need to, yeah. it's easier. It's easier to fix. I'll take Randall. I'll take RJ. You got to make RJ a point forward like LeBron is because RJ can't. He's not a great shooter right now. So just let him be how he was at Duke. Score slash get buckets when he can. And then the rest of the roster, like you got Knox, who's a shooter, and I would just keep Nilakina just for defense. But everything else, all those team options, man, decline all those people. <laughs> decline. <laughs> <laughs> like, tra- trade all those people. You like, don't have a job. You don't have a job. You don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, RJ, and Nilakina and Knox. Like, those are, like, five people. I'm like, all right, we're going to see what we got out of these. But everybody else, like, I feel bad for Dennis Smith Jr., like, all the stuff he's going man. through. But – Dude, he'll be, he'll be trade bait. Like I feel bad mm-hmm. for him personally, but I'll be trying to. Pump Bulls will take him. I'll be trying to see what a hey, DC y'all got. John Wall out. Y'all need to see what you got right here. True. I just I just try to get him somewhere else where he can actually play because John Wall he's going through a lot too with his personal life and his health. So yeah. you know, like. You know, I just say DC, Dennis Smith Jr. right here, put him with Bradley Beal, see what you got. Yeah, the, the, the only the only thing reason why like a, a Knicks is something that I would never want to go. And the same reason I mentioned earlier with Chase Young and the Redskins is just when you when you have a bad owner, like I can deal with a Jerry Jones because he's a you know, he 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 looks at things a different a different way and he's always trying to improve whether that's you know, whether that's just through through uh, the team Money wise, marketing, no, he he knows what to do. But when you have guys that are incompetent, like like a Daniel Snyder or or a James Dolan, you just you just don't want to play for them. And I think that's you know that's why Kevin Durant and Kyrie decided let's not go to New York, or why Giannis probably would never entertain that because he don't want to put himself in the situation. And, I, and that's why I think the Knicks are going to be hard because at least with the Bulls, yeah, they might Paxson might not be the might not be the guy, but at least at least recently the the well not recent but you know in the nineties. 
the Bulls the Bulls were something, and the Knicks really ain't been nothing for all, you know for a while. I mean, you had your Patrick Ewing and stuff like that, but um, you know they were never the team to put you know to go over the hump. And when you got James Dolan, he just he he just he just don't know he don't know what to do, and he traded Porzingis away like too many too many yes men. He got he's he's surrounded by bad people. Like there's no that's way. true. Like yep. there there there's no way you come off that good season, y'all fire Mike Woodson, y'all go into the tank. Y'all signed Noah to these ridiculous contract. You, y'all, let, <laughs> I mean, I'm not the biggest Melo fan, but come on, man, you can't let Melo go out bad. He the one top fifteen, top ten player that actually wanted to be there. Y'all let Melo go out bad, right. then y'all get lucky and get Porzingis. You find a quote unquote hidden gem in him, paid feel all this money, and y'all let KP go out bad. It's like you got too many yes men, bro. You got to get some some good people around you. The, the GM, they got to go. Stop having these yes men around you. Bring in somebody who's going to tell you the truth that actually knows basketball. Right. Yeah. So, and for that reason, I'm out. In my Mark Cuban voice. Yeah, I just, I just, I just don't see myself going to the, you know, like Nick going to prove. <laughs> I, I, I rather, I rather have me a Bulls team at, at least because at least their homegrown talent right now, you know, you can, you can trust that better than the Knicks because I mean, outside of, I mean, because Knox is fine and. And a guy like Trier and RJ is supposed to be the you know a star, but at least at least my young gun and Levine is like, you know, twenty five a night, and you can't stop him because he gonna dunk on you. Right. And now right. and now he can shoot, now he can shoot the thing, and then I think might be all star this year. Yeah, I mean I don't see why not. And then you got a guy like Laurie, Laurie man, I just I know he better be there. I just I just know at some point he gonna take off and oh you know, he gonna I draft be crazy. Him, I, I got my fans in basketball team, and he was, I was mad a little. I'm like, man, come on, bro. You're supposed to be getting me 20 and 10 easy. You know, yeah. you know you're a seven-footer who can shoot. You know, but um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think he'll, he'll turn around, and I, I like Winter Carter. And the, the, mm-hmm. only thing, the only thing that the boys probably – I don't think – I don't want to say mess up, but um, Chris Dunn is, is definitely wasn't, you know, a good thing in that trade. Um, no, I think – well, I, I don't think – we'll put it this way. The role that they wanted to give him wasn't good. I don't. Right, I think right, they just right. put too much stock into him at once. He always, to me, was a bench – he was, to me, a bench player, the defensive guy. He was the Patrick Beverly, you know what I mean? Like that guy you know can come in, maybe run the offense for a couple minutes to get somebody a rest and play great defense. But they put so much stock in him and thought he was supposed to be the duo. It was supposed to be Chris Dunn and Zach Levine. It's like, no, no, no. Like, their games don't even match. <laughs> like, so, so that I, that's why I love Kobe White. Now, would I want somebody that's, you know, more dynamic and has more experience to come in if we had the chance? Of course. But that's the kind of guard that we do need. You know, Kobe can shoot the three. He, uh, he doesn't have a fear going to the, to the basket. So like that to me is a lot better. He has a good handle. He has good court vision right now. Really? He just needs to get down on his turnovers, but that's normal for a guard coming into to the NBA. So, you know, when it comes to that, like once he gets some more experience, I think him and Zach will be formidable for sure. We need a wing. Like, that's really, like, we need a wing and, like, big man depth. Like, that's really, to me, like, we have enough guards. We got more guards we can shake the stick at. But when it comes to, like, you know, who can we put on Bron, like, you know, like, right now? Like, that, his hip is bad. Like, <laughs> like you know, so it's like when it comes to stuff like that, we need a, a good defensive wing. Otto Porter right now with his injuries is, like, killing us. You know, we wanted him to be that guy. But, you know, I always thought that Otto Porter – 
was playing above his means once he got popular if that makes sense like when he got like when everybody was like oh my gosh Otto porter jr is like he's playing really well he's playing out of his mind i was like mm, i feel like he like he's like on the super juice right now like you know this is like <laughs> you know like what we're seeing right now is like him like pressing both shoulder buttons and he's doing it special like <laughs> once it dies down everybody's gonna be like well what happened so yeah. i think this is right now what what was happening is he was just in a great system for his game and right now what we're seeing is that doesn't work everywhere else so right now he either needs to shape up or i feel like we need to get somebody that's a younger uh more defensive minded um wing that that can shoot because we just severely lack consistent shooting um so yeah we shall see with the upcoming years but i hope the the young nucleus of like kobe zach and marketing and wendell I hope they do find a way to keep those four. They keep talking about Wendell or either Lowry being trade trade bait. So I I hate that. I feel like when you have two young, tall guys like that, like two young big guys, like you gotta keep them. You know, especially when they show um, offensive capabilities like like uh, marketing shows or defensive capabilities like Wendell shows. You know, it's like you got a guy that's a rookie that's coming in giving you a double double easy. And also, you know, giving you two blocks a game. Like, come on, you're not supposed to just <laughs> be like, right, like what? <laughs> like why? Right, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Rashad, do you do you see do you see the same thing that the Bulls had that the Pacers got right now with the Sabonis and Miles Turner when you look at Laurie mm. and Wendell, Wendell Carter? No, I don't see the same thing because the biggest difference is the Pacers have an outline playing style. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the Bulls playing style is. <laughs> so like, they don't I, either. I don't know if Wendell and Lowry can work or not. I think they can because their games aren't the same. No. And like, they complement each like, other. Like, yeah. So, like, Sabonis, he's more of a post up. Turner doesn't post up, but he don't really stretch the floor a whole lot either. So, like, they can't play together. Mm-mm. But at least with um, Carter and Lowry, they, they can play together. Like, their games will work off of each other. So like that's why I think I think coming to the season I was like one of them got to get traded Turner or Sabonis one of them got to go because there's no way you can put them both on the floor at the same time. But I don't know what the Bulls playing style is. I mean I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know I, I I can't tell if it's a a good combination or not. I can't tell if Levine can be a one or a two or at least be a third best player. I can't really you can't really assess the Bulls accurately until they get a more competent coach because. Their coaching style doesn't complement anybody's game. You know what? You know, I was talking talking about this with a friend the other day. I said the Bulls play like the Bears. They play uh, defense and hope that that carries into their offense. Like that's really what they're doing. Because that's why I feel like right now we're because I think we're the league leaders in steals, and and it's like. Man, you can't count on that though. You can't count on your defense being stifling enough to just afford people who can't shoot opportunities to score. <laughs> like, you know, right, yeah. okay, shoot. Like, you need to put them in a system where they can get their shots. Like, don't just hope that, oh, well, if they play defense, maybe we can go one on one or score a transition bucket. Like, no, that's not coaching. So, yeah, you're right. It's, it's no playing style whatsoever. It's just hope for the best and let, let's move out Zach's way. That's what they play in style. <laughs> hey, so, so he's good, but they, they just ain't going to cut it. 
Mm-mm. So we, you know, we call ourselves the prophets because you know we be and we we be saying some some stuff and like it take people like two years to finally see what we've been saying. For me the and me too. Man, <laughs> y'all can go on Twitter. I be man. I'm telling you, yeah. I am a savant. Sometimes I'm like, oh. man, I feel like I need to bet money, go to Vegas and do this. <laughs> I be and we be pulling up receipts from things we said from 2017 and. Mm-hmm. and be, so everybody, we 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 said this long time ago. Finally, and so we want you to say, come out with something right now about the Bulls that, uh, or or really any anything in the sports right now that you wanna you wanna say right now. And what we're gonna do is, if it happens, we go we gonna we gonna post it and say, hey, he Gary knew it first before any of y'all do it. So okay, give us a, okay. Give us Does it have to be like this this year. Like it has it to be like be, this year. Hey, you, it can be this year, next year, it don't matter. Just any kind of any kind of profit uh, uh belief you you feel right now. Okay. Um, I will say Bulls will go to the finals within the next seven years. It's a long time. It's a long time. <laughs> a long time. But here, and I'm, I, but I'm gonna lay it out. And here's here's the thing: if I lay it out, uh, I'm a, uh, if I lay it out crazy, like because I'm lay it out a little bit more detailed. And if it happens the way I say it happens, I, I don't know. I'm. Somebody gonna have to give me something. But anyway, so like the next two years is gonna be hell. I'm gonna say that. <laughs> it's gonna be bad. <laughs> so two years is just gonna be bad. And what what we're gonna go through is a lot of like, do players wanna leave? Are we gonna lose our best people? I think we're gonna end up losing one of the core people that we feel is good, whether that be Lowry, whether that be Wendell, <clears throat> whether that be Zach or Kobe, I don't know. But I feel like one of them will end up going in some sort of trade. I think uh, that we will look up with a top five draft pick within the next two years. Um, and then from that point, we will change management. And I say in the third or fourth year, um, we will see a GM change. Uh, and then we will see an instant turnaround. And in the next two years after our GM change, that's our trip to the finals. So I feel like if we keep those same that same nucleus, then then we're we're good to go. Um, but a shorter prediction, I will give a shorter prediction. That's my prediction because I feel I really feel like that's true. But my short All prediction, right. my short prediction is I feel like uh, Zach will average um, uh, twenty eight points per game this season. Okay. Well, he, well, he's like, like, wait, 25, he's like 24, 25, he's 24, right? 24.5 right now, I believe something wrong along those lines. So yeah, 28, I say upwards of 28 for sure. No okay. less than 28. Right. Even. Yep. He got to step on, he got step on the gas pill today. Uh, oh, he going to do it. <laughs> he going to do it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, he, he already a fringe off though right now. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, for, for me, what I'm looking at right now is his consistency shooting the ball outside. He has a confidence right now that like, I mean, he's, I think he's shooting over the last 10 games. It's like something like 58% or something like that. Like, I mean, granted he had that one game where he went like a perfect seven for seven. So that's probably boosting it. But when it comes to it, he just, I see just like the look of his shot um, is a lot different from what I saw um, before. And I feel like it's just one of those things where now he's kind of looking for it. He knows he can get to the basket, but he was un, he wasn't quite sure about his outside shot, but now he's taking it with a lot more confidence. So I feel like that's going to boost him. And that's, what's going to eat those, uh, that next three points up to, to get him to 28. <laughs> All right, so real quick. You said seven years, so seven years. Bulls. All right, look, 
the, the heat not going away, whether Jimmy there or not, heat not going away. Mm-hmm. Giannis is my gosh, like mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan <laughs> of dude, but he don't he don't, he don't get better. He ain't even thirty yep. yet. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. we got Boston. They young core. Yep. They gonna yep. keep getting better. Yep, yep. You got that guy named Masai. He gonna do something mm-hmm. with Toronto. Yep. And then you got the Hawks, man. It's terrible this year, but when they finally put that Trey Collins and finally get a wing, that could be something serious too. So you think they can? And I didn't even mention Philly, Mister Mister No Three Point Shooting himself, being <laughs> and, and maybe Joel Embiid's health stay right for a little while. <laughs> and, and and the Pacers they'll never go anywhere. So they're like seventeen. So you think they can mm-hmm. leap over all seven within the next seven years? Well, see, that's the thing is I feel like that landscape is going to be nowhere near uh, what it is. I feel like the Bulls have gone through so much change, so much rapid change, um, with the exception of their management. Uh, <laughs> that like <laughs> at this point, um, everywhere else is catching up. And honestly, that's what we saw in the West is like things were staying put. And then all of a sudden we had this shakeup and it was like, whoa. And I feel like that's really where the East is headed in the next three years. I feel like if Giannis doesn't win in the next three years with Milwaukee, he's gone. That's point point blank, period. Um, So I feel like that's and I think he's going to go West. That's just my opinion. Um, I feel like I see him joining the Warriors. Um, uh, but okay. when it comes, I mean, he, he, no, he, yeah. one thing right? All the reason I want to say that is because Giannis is too nice. He couldn't handle that criticism like how KD took it. Like, oh, you gonna join them? Like, all the mm. Giannis he's too he nice now. He's he, he he too nice like now. Him. That's what that's what we said about KD three years before he did it. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like I see him going. I feel like obviously Philly won't be the same. Um, because they won't make it. I feel like they won't be the same. Many teams in the East won't be the same because they won't make it over the hump. You know what I mean? I feel like the West has a a different staying power in a sense. For some reason, their teams, no matter what the standing, for some reason, the consistency is there and they're willing to stick it out. But for some reason, the East teams just tend to just switch up all the time. So I feel like the consistency won't be there for all of those other teams. Therefore, it'll allow the Bulls to slide up and just kind of beat it with their talent. As long as these, if these keep, if they keep on the trajectory that they're on, uh, like I said, I feel like Lowry is going to be a, a 2010 player. You know, when it comes to Zach, he's going to be that guy. Um, I feel like Kobe is going to be a good young dynamic guard. And so I feel like the pieces are there. Wendell, same thing. You know, I see him being a double-double monster. Yeah, but it just – it really it really is coaching. Like, we really need the GM and the coach to get everything together. Because if not, it's all going to go down the toilet. <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> all right, that sounds good to me. Hey, I, I appreciate you joining us today, man. That's probably all, all the time that we got. Um, hey, anytime you want to come on, you are more than welcome. Uh, any Anytime we talk basketball, football, it doesn't matter. Definitely, definitely, man. Well, I thank y'all for having me, and we will definitely see these uh, see these uh, predictions. Hopefully, in the rest of the season, what's something that y'all are trying to do? You know, when it, as far as what y'all think this the 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 later part of this season is going to bring, what's a bold prediction y'all think is going to happen? So I can make sure I keep tabs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. I'm, I'm still riding with mine from earlier. I said Blazers would miss the playoffs, and I said Kings would make it. Okay. I like that. And then if I go with something else, I think the Spurs are going to blow it up midseason. They'll trade Aldridge and they'll trade DeMar. Mm, that's a good one. <clears throat> uh, I think I think the I think the OKC Thunder will make a splash move 
uh, is Sam Presti going to pull pull off the hat, the magic trick once again, and he going to have he going to make the playoffs again? And it might not be it might not be a Paul George or Westbrook, but he might get a Miles Turner. He might he might he might even <clears throat> maybe maybe even pry the Timberwolves uh, and get and get Andrew Wiggins away. So uh, I'm gonna I'm say Wiggins or, or, or Miles Turner going to OKC. Okay, okay. The Wiggins and uh, Shy Gilgis would be kind of nice. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, Wig- <laughs> Wiggins, Wiggins has finally arrived. It took it yeah. took a long time, but he finally he finally here. I'm glad he well, did. I, I got Miles Turner going to Texas, whether it's the Spurs or Dallas. I think he'll be in Texas. Ooh. He played. He played. He, he played college ball there. And if you look at just like connections, like that, he played college ball at Texas. If the Spurs were to make a trade, it would be probably an Aldrich for Turner because another connection, Aldrich played up under Nate McMillan in Portland. Mm. And then if you, look, if you look at the Turner to Dallas, it would just kind of alleviate defensive pressure on Porzingis. Okay. That sounds like good, too. I that like that. All right, fellas. We're we'll, we'll, like, we going to come back to this. We're going to come back to it. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, good. definitely. Maybe maybe towards the end of the season, I'll come back on right before the finals. We'll have a final show. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah it sounds good. Hey, uh. <laughs> Make sure we appreciate catch- you, man, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, appreciate sure y'all. Catch us, catch us on uh, Thursday at 7 o'clock p.m. live at 12 Ounce Sports Radio. Uh, preach, Kev, preach. With Rashad, we are out. Yep. Yeah. Peace.